Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. How's it going? Yorgos Lanthimos, the director of The Favorite, is on the show today. I don't know if you've seen his other movies, but I've watched all of them. Yeah, I've watched all of them. Alps, Dogtooth, The Killing of the Sacred Deer, The Lobster, this one. The favorite, I think that's almost all of them. There were some other ones, some short films I didn't watch. But uh, go sink your brain into that stuff. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Go sink your teeth, your brain teeth into dog tooth. See what that does to to your head. Try that. Anyway, I had some questions. And it never turns out the way I think it's gonna turn out. But anyways, why am I saying, that's twice with the anyways. He's here. But first, let's walk through this experience. I uh, Look, I'm not a diva. I'm not a prima donna. I'm not a high-maintenance dude on set when I act. But uh, the other day, I'm going out into the night to shoot glow. By night, I mean I got up at 5 in the morning for a 6.15 call. I generally bring a little travel bag with what I need in it to my trailer so I can function during the day. I need dental floss. I need toothbrush. I need toothpaste. I need uh, mouthwash. I'm just, I don't know. I've gotten weird with that. I just, after lunch, you know, when I get there, I just try to, you know, take care of stuff. You know, you prepare. I don't know what you do, but you got a little kit you bring. You got some things to make you feel at home when you're not at home. Some uh, rituals, some things you need to do in order to keep your brain kind of grounded. And obviously... One of those things that's in that bag is my nicotine lozenges. So now that we're in the throes of addiction to these fucking things, I need to get off. Now I'm hitting the wall again. How many times, folks? For you people that have been with me a long time. How many times is this? So it's it's 6.15 in the morning and I'm driving and I'm almost to set. And I realize I don't got my bag. I don't got my stuff. I don't got my my goods. I don't got my, my go juice. I don't got my my drug and uh that wave of like oh fuck now how am i going to function i know what's going to happen to me in about two hours maybe three hours i'm going to become an asshole i'm going to become an irritable fuck i'm going to become undealable and this is a long shoot day 
Now, look, we're not talking about meth. We're not talking about coke. We're not talking about dope. Not even talking about weed. You know, there's no real challenge to getting nicotine lozenges once the fucking Walgreens opens. But in that moment of panic, I was just like, my brain just started spinning. I got to deal with this now. And I got out of my car. It's still dark out. I went up to the AD and I said, look, man, I didn't, I forgot my nicotine and I'm going to be, I'm going to be an asshole. They, I, they, when the clock hits about 730, I'm going to turn into a dick. So we got to get on this. She's like, no problem. And I'm like, really? I never ask people for much. You know, and I'm not like, you know, I don't have a rider that's complicated. You know, I, I usually it's like uh, veggies and some hummus and a thing of almonds backstage. So I don't never, I never really, I don't like ever, I don't like being a, a problem to people. And I'm like, well, what do we do? She goes, off Transpo, go get them. Transpo, the transportation guys. They got their, their ears to the ground. They got their foot on the pedal. These are dudes, Teamsters. And I'm like, okay, well, and I go to my trailer and I look up Walgreens. There's one that opens very close by at 630. I'm like, this is going to be, I'm going to nail this thing, man. And like, I, I got a ride to set. The Transpo guy says, we're on it. We're sending someone over to the Walgreens. I'm like, dude, you don't even know. He's like, I do know. And I'm like, you know, I'm not really this guy. I'm like, don't worry about it. I, I, I appreciate it. So I, I, I need that shit. And he's, he's like, yeah, I know. I know what it's like to need that shit. And I'm like, great. And it just, I just got that feeling that like, I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not high maintenance, but I got that feeling. It's like, he said, no, you're not. And I'm like, wow, what are the, what are the, what are the transportation guy stories? What have they had to deal with? What have had, what have they had to drive into the night to get, you know, to accommodate some more demanding celebrities? Yeah, there's dark wisdom there. I didn't really put it together and really realize because I'm in my own world, but you know, before we even started shooting, I had a box of nicotine, I had a bottle of mouthwash, I had a fucking toothbrush, and that was all I needed. That's my diva kit. Nicotine lozenges, some blue Listerine, a toothbrush, and some floss picks. Huh? I'm, I am fucking out of control. Out of fucking control. Yorgos Lanthimos. Greek fella. Great director has a vision it's daunting here's the here's the deal when i knew i was going to interview him i was excited that he had a relatively small filmography like a handful of movies right there was a couple that were i I don't know there was a couple a short film and another thing he co-directed but it seems like it really started with dog tooth and then and then there was the next film was called alps and then the lobster and then the killing of the sacred deer and then the favorite He's a regular, he's a relatively young fella. When I had seen the favorite and after I'd seen the lobster, I always assume these guys who do movies that are challenging and, and disturbing and cryptic. Is that, a, is that the word I want to use? The surreal, absurd, but, uh, but, uh, aggressive that they possess dark wisdom. If you listen to my Paul Thomas Anderson I couldn't have been more surprised. I thought that guy was going to be a dark wizard. It turns out he's a goofball from the Valley whose dad was a, a, a goofball TV personality in Ohio, I think, if I remember correctly. Best friends with Tim Conway. So I always, I still assume that like I'm, I'm going to get to the bottom of what the fuck these movies mean because I had that experience. I, I'm like, I said, I watched Dogtooth and I watched it and in 15 minutes in, I'm like, what's happening? 
an hour in, I'm like, holy fuck, what is going on? This is disturbing. It was hitting me. I was getting punched around. My brain was having uh, an experience that was, uh, you know, fucking with it. Uh, but I couldn't put it together, really. I mean, and I, I seek meaning. You know, I, when, when something is hard to understand, that means, see, every time I watch a film that I don't understand or that seems to be layered, uh, I never blame the film when I, when I don't understand. I never dismiss it. I never say like, well, that was fucked up. Who needs that? Or fuck that movie. Or, you know, that, that, that was terrible. No, my first reaction is like, I'm a fucking idiot. Why am I not smart enough for this? How come I can't contextualize this? I fucking studied film and I don't know what's going on. And I lose sense with, with art. I forget what art is supposed to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm dating a painter. And I, and I get that. But I never heard it more, put more succinctly. It was, it, it was interesting because this all just happened. I like the movies. I liked Alps. I liked Dogtooth. I like them. Dogtooth is violently uh, absurd. It's violent absurdism. Yeah. Alps is a... You guys know the lobster. Killing a sacred deer. Heavy man. But what you realize with Yorgos is that there is a vision that he does everything very intentionally. And if you watch The Favorite, it's meticulous in how it's uh, directed and how it's set. And, you know, you can see that he gets exactly what he wants out of his framing and out of the way he shoots. And he's got a vision that he holds throughout all the movies. So he means it and he's great at it and he honors his vision. I saw that. So... I think I felt like he needed to answer for something, you know, and I've had this experience uh, throughout my life. It, when I was younger with films, like I would watch, you know, some of the great surrealists, well, primarily Boonwell. You know, I remember seeing Shannon Delou or Lodge Door or even Tristana, which was a later one that, that had a story. But I was still like, what the fuck is happening? You know, what, am I missing something? I'm studying this stuff. And even with the teacher explaining it, I'm like, well, I'm, why am I not getting it? Red Desert by Antonioni. It's like, what, what am I, I, I get, it's stunning to look at, but what am I, what, what's happened? What, what am I not getting? Rules of the Game, Grand Illusion, the Renoir movies. I'm like, I, it's French. Is that where I'm, it's dropping off on me? What, you know, what, Dreyer's Joan of Arc. I mean, what, how long are we going to look at this? This is heavy, man. This woman is, in the, it's heavy, but what's happening? Fellini, even the easy ones, Juliet of the Spirits. I'm like, I'm missing something. There's a layer here. But, but like what it is, there are intentions. You're not going to, you know, as you'll see, you may not get them from the person that makes it. Their intentions are honoring their vision, right? Even if it's like, I don't know what this means, but the image, I want the image. I see this. I want other people to see it. It doesn't, who cares if it's tethered to a story? And the thing that kind of blew my mind, it, and it wasn't a theatrical performance, but I went to an event. All right, I'll, 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 I'll get fancy with you. I'll drop some names. I went to a, a, a sort of a, a toast, a reception for the Steppenwolf Theater that was hosted by William Friedkin, Bill Friedkin and his wife, Sherry Lansing. William Friedkin, the director of uh, Sorcerer, French Connection, Exorcist, and two of Tracy Letts' movies. But it was honoring Steppenwolf and Letts, Tracy Letts, who's, who's my, my buddy right now. Not, I don't mean that it's conditional. I mean, we're, we seem to be becoming friends. So I was invited to this thing. 
And the Steppenwolf people were there. It was the, you know, about networking here in L.A. They're going to do uh, several plays at the Mark Taper. As I told you before, Tracy's play, uh, Linda Vista, is now at the Mark Taper. It's great. I, I recommend it again. The cast was there. Lori Metcalf was there. Some of the original members of Steppenwolf were there. And, and new members, the artistic director. But they, were, they want to have a presence in L.A. But they, this is all besides the point. This is just me telling you that I was at a fancy event. But Bill Friedkin started talking about uh, you know, what theater does. And also, and, and his wife, Sherry Lansing, about when you go see a play, it changes your life. It, you, you leave a changed person. You, you're talking about it. You're thinking about things differently. You're seeing something differently for the first time. The play itself has an effect. And that's what art art should do that. It, it should change your life. And that you can't explain that all the time. I mean, you can see narrative films and you like you remember bits and pieces, but sometimes shit goes deeper and it and it's it's provocative in a way that you may not understand, but you do feel changed. And that was sort of a good uh, a good thing for me to hear. Because sometimes I don't always no, I, I, I know I have said that, you know, a painting should should punch you in the brain and your brain should stay punched. And that's a similar thing. But even you know, when I talked to Yorgos, which wasn't that long ago, I was still looking for answers. And but I kind of knew that it doesn't matter if the answers are there. You're going to have the experience you're going to have with these movies, whether you think you understand it or not. It's going to stay with you. It might have impact. You might not even understand on a level that might not even be apparent or become apparent to you. But you feel it. So, I'm a changed man. I don't need the answers anymore. But I try to get them. I try to get them. So now, your ghost, the favorite, is the movie that is nominated for 10 Academy Awards, including Best Director, for my guest. And uh, I was looking for answers. And what ended up happening is we had a nice conversation. And I realized that... uh, that answers aren't uh, necessarily important, but conversation is. This is me talking to Yorgos Lanthimos. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts so how often do you come here i've been lately i've been coming a lot uh because of the promotion of films and all that yeah you like it 
I like it. I I I started liking it. Yeah. I, when when I first came here, I was yeah. like, "What is this place? I mean, where where's where are the old buildings? Where, where when was this built? What are?" Oh, really? That's we, your first reaction? It's architecture issues. Yeah, architecture issues. Where, yeah. Where's the center of this town? Yeah. Where's the center? Where? Which is a neighborhood? Which is residential? Right. Where, what's going on? I mean, I couldn't just figure it out. And then I started to like it. I liked I liked the chaos, and I. People take um, you places. They hear, yeah. they, you don't know neighborhoods, but it's all of a sudden like this is the office of so and so. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, yeah. No, I, I I really started liking it. You know, and when you know some people and you get to proper places and yeah. you see, you know, th- then you realize different things. And I, I I quite you know yeah I'm I've warmed. To yeah, it. and now you're like uh, you're you're somewhat celebrated. I would imagine this is like I imagine <laughs> you're here for the when you're here for the Globes. Yeah, I'm here for the Globes and uh, whatever is around it. You but know. so you're really going through it. I mean, I know that you've gotten some fanfare, but there's something about Hollywood fanfare. It's a little different, isn't it? It it is kind of different. It's like you actually made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people know who you are. You're not just a guy with the foreign film yeah, nomination. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's like that everywhere. I mean, like in France, you know, people are like about French films. Right. Uh, and in Europe, you're it's about Cannes and Venice. And, yeah. Um, so it's you know it's a, it's all these little worlds. <laughs> yeah. That have their own rules, and uh, you, know, you have different value in different places. Yeah. I'm not like I'm a not huge foreign film guy. I don't yeah. keep up as much as I should. I, ca- I yeah. can't keep up with anything, really. Yeah. And I'd seen um, The Lobster a couple years ago, and then I watched The Favorite in a theater, which was good. I'm glad I saw it in a theater yeah. and not the screener. And then uh, and then I ha- I went back and I watched uh, Dogtooth, and then I watched Alps. Oh, wow. So I've seen I've seen all of them. And um, I got to be honest, it took me it took me about four days. <laughs> to get through dog tooth. I I, I I had to I had to I had to take a couple of breaks. Yeah. But but yeah, because like you know, and I don't know if it's a European sensibility or a Greek sensibility or just your sensibility. I've grown to to believe that it's your sensibility. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I have to approach the movies a little differently because there's so many things I don't understand. Yeah. And and then and then layered on top of that, just your particular vision is somewhat difficult to understand yeah. outside of it being Greek. Yeah. Like the first link they sent me for Dogtooth didn't have subtitles and I'm like, this is not going to work. I'm not going to be able to do this. Translate it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but so we're like, I tell me, I've never really talked to anybody from Greece and I don't know much about it. So what, how did you come up over there? What was your, what was your childhood like? Um, in terms of like, where did you, were you like, what did your folks do? Like, how, what is Greece like? Yeah. Well, that's a big one. <laughs> sure. Like, but for um, you, for, no, uh, for me, I, uh, my, I, I had a, uh, my parents, uh, my father was a relatively known basketball player. Really? And you know, we're good in basketball in Greece. I don't did see. I know don't, that? how would I know that? I mean. <laughs> Well, you should maybe you know because we beat even the U.S. at wow. some Olympics. You know, we're like that good at some point. Well, that's interesting because the Olympics, I think, when you're in Europe, is I guess it's a pretty big deal for everybody. But yeah. but it's I mean I think when you live in a smaller country, you know, America's so fucking big. Yeah. That you can just sort of like you know <laughs> you you know Texas is its own country. That's true. Yeah. But I think with like Greece, like you know, you know the national basketball team. Yeah. I don't know the national yeah. basketball team. Yeah. So he was a basketball player. So he was, yeah. And uh, of course, that was like back in the seventies. So it wasn't so. 
you know, professional and yeah. wasn't so uh, celebrated. So he was, but he was well known. And uh, is he was he tall? Uh, he was he's as tall as I, a little bit taller than I am. Not 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 with, not, to, not with today's standards. Right, different generation. Right, he was like one ninety two centimeters. So you so I'm I'm metric also. You yeah. have to translate that as See, well. Again, I, I, that <laughs> we have a lot of cultural differences. <laughs> it's, it's, we'll figure it out. See, so. as soon as you say centimeters, I'm like, it's a very short man. He must be <laughs> as, just as tall as this glass. I would imagine. No, it's like six feet, like whatever. Yeah, uh, he's but he was tall. a pro ball player. That was your childhood. You. Grew up with a pro basketball player or he is retired by the time you remember uh, well actually they, they were separated with my mother uh, since I was very young mm. so I, I just got to see him now and then oh okay um, and I uh, yeah so I grew up with my mother yeah um, but Sis- she, she brother, died sister? she died when I was 17 oh my god um, no no brothers or sisters you're it so I'm it and your mom I, passed I, away I, when you're 17 yeah so I basically from then on I just had to figure it out on my own Huh. Um, and did, like, when was the uh, like? What were you? When did you start getting interested in in? Wait, what did you start with theater? No, I, I always wanted to do film. Yeah, but I, I couldn't really admit that in Greece because uh, you don't know much about Greek cinema, I guess, and that's right because there's not a lot of it, and yeah. there hasn't been a lot of it. I mean, the the last few years, there's more younger people that are making films there. Uh, but it wasn't like a proper. It was never a proper industry. Yeah. There was no. There was no structure. There right. was no a proper education. Um. So to sit, for a young boy in Greece to go like I'm gonna be making films, yeah. people would look at you like you're crazy. Right. Well, what did you study early? So on? I I I got into the university to study marketing and financing, which I never want to have anything to do with. So I I dropped out of that. I did play a little bit basketball myself until I was seventeen, eighteen. Did were you good at it? Was it genetic? Did it? I, I was okay. I think. One of the reasons probably that I didn't, you know, uh, went through with it is that I, I felt that I'd never be as good as my father or yeah. kind of thing. Sure. Or, um, was your father known nationally? I mean, was he like, do, do people come up to you and yeah. go like... I yeah, when you- I was young, like, it was like, are you related to, you know, Adonis, <laughs> which is my father's name? So I was like, yeah, yeah, he's my father. Uh, now, now it's the other way around. Is he Greece. around still? Uh, he's around, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get along with him? Um, I, I see him uh, every now and then. I mean, we never had a very close relationship. Cause, yeah. Uh, but I would see him over the years, every now and then. Yeah. Did like when, uh, like even after your mother passed away, you didn't sort of. No, actually, uh, no. That was, um, that was, I guess, w- one of the reasons that you know we didn't see each other so much that you yeah, know, um, he didn't want to have the responsibility of uh, oh yeah, uh, have you yeah, have me <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I don't want yeah. to take this kid now, seventeen <laughs> exactly. It's too late. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but that was, you know, it was fine and, you know, it enabled me to do things that I, I don't know if I would have done if I was, you know, uh, brought up in a different way. And uh, so I, you know, like I said, I dropped out from marketing, un- un- marketing university and I, 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 I went to this, the only private, little private film school that we have. Yeah, what's that has, called? 
it's called Stavrakos. It's a it's someone's name. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, you know, no equipment. Teacher, teachers no. haven't done many films for quite a few years. <laughs> uh, but I but I got to meet people there that were also interested in making films. Yeah. Um, but but the goal was the the idea was that I was going to study film in order to start making commercials because that seemed like a proper job, practical. Yeah, like I would. Th- there is such a thing, and people do it. And there's um, there was quite a boom uh, in the nineties and two th- uh, two thousand yeah. in Greece. Um, so but, that that felt like a job. I never thought that I was actually going to be making films. But when you were a kid, like, were were you, did you gravitate towards films? I mean, was it something that you know you were interested in early on, or you, what? What created the the idea, the notion? Yeah, I was. But but as I said, it was it, it was never tangible that I we would actually make films properly. We would do it for fun, you know, with friends. Yeah, you know, silly things and. Um, yeah, then it was like, why don't I do something which is related to it, that I'll get the the education about yeah. around it, and who knows, maybe one day I'll make a film, but for the time being, I'll get the technical knowledge in order to do commercials or TV right. or whatever. What did your mom do? She was an employee in a, a store that sold up appliances, oh, yeah. you know, electric appliances. Uh-huh. And uh, so, no, the, she wasn't an, uh, cr- a creative-driven person. No. You didn't really grow up with it. You just... No, really. It's just... Um, it just yeah. kind of came out of nowhere, huh? Yeah. You just decided... So, when did you start... How did you start to sort of educate yourself, you know, in terms of like... I, I guess it, you say there was no real Greek film industry, but I mean, you must have... What were you primarily watching? European films or American films? All of it. Yeah, it all yeah. came through. And I, I st- and I started pretty straightforward. Like, you know, I grew up with uh, Jaws and, uh, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, Footloose and Flashdance <laughs> and, you know, that's... All the big ones. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. yeah the, that's... What, what, more do you, what more do you need? <laughs> exactly. There's the four. You're all set. That's the education. You got your dancing. You got your scary. Exactly. You've got your uh, swashbuckling. Yeah, it's um, and then you know, I I also watched European films later on when I started studying film, and I, you know, I got to know about filmmakers and uh, watched a lot of films of those. Uh, well, like, like, let's go through that because, like, because I, you know, I I studied film, and you know, I, I'm a relatively smart guy, and uh, you know, I found I was talking about I was actually talking about watching your movie Alps when I was doing comedy last night. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but no, because I, I want to hear that. <laughs> no, because what I, I said was like, because I, I, I go to the club late to do a spot and I'd been home. I watched, I had watched about half of it and I said, you know, I had to come out. Yeah, I was at home watching a movie I didn't understand earlier and I had to take <laughs> myself away from that. And, and, but the, the observation I made is when I can't quite grasp something. I, I never blame the the art. Like I, I like I watch it and I'm like and I finish it and I'm like I watched the whole thing. I tried. I'm not sure I got it. And if I didn't, it's I'm the asshole. I, it was my That's fault. very generous. <laughs> <laughs> but but you you the the thing about your films is that uh, you, everything's intentional. This is not some sort of haphazard. You, you know, you make it, you're making very specific choices. You know, from scene to scene in dialogue. And you know, I understand that uh, there's absurdity at play but they're all loaded up and they all have an effect so it's not like you know he didn't know what he was doing he just, <laughs> he's just winging it you know you you sat there with a piece of paper and made decisions yeah 
<laughs> and throughout the process, you know, in an editing room when you're filming, yeah, you you make decisions. Well, uh, who was the people? Because like I I just wonder, you know, not that I, I have a narrative craving necessarily, you know, but like in order to sort of pay attention and to have the effect of your movies, like I noticed today. Like I finished watching the Alps and like I became very hyper aware of everything I was doing when I wasn't watching the movie. Like the tone <laughs> of the film somehow infused my life. You know, like everything became like the glass. Is it a glass? You know, like. So, <laughs> but but where does that start for you? I mean, what was the like when you did commercials? What 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 were the first moments where you started to realize the the power of creating or evoking it's not so much confusion, but but it, it, a tone. It, you you yeah. know what I mean? I guess it happens, you know, first of all, by watching films and, uh, you know, realizing all the different effects that they can have. Well, who were your like guys? You're what was the first kind of mind-blowing moment when you were watching a film and you're like, oh, this is... I guess, um, you know, Tarkovsky was one of the, you know, first... Uh, filmmakers that I got to learn through film school that I didn't know anything about. So that was in a film history class? Yeah, so we learned about it and then there's uh, there's some nice, you know, during summer in Greece there's a lot of open air cinemas. I mean, they're not as many anymore. Yeah. Um, But there are beautiful open air cinemas in various neighborhoods where you can, you know, have a little table and you eat something. You're outside surrounded by apartment buildings. Yeah. uh, And you watch films. So they would do um, like retrospectives. So yeah. I would watch his films, and then uh, John Cassavetes was. What was it about else. Tarkovsky specifically that that you found uh, sort of engaging? Well, it, it was just for the first time seeing like a diff- It was like a different, completely different medium. Uh, you know, discovering like something new, a vision, like how vision. you know how can images affect you in a different way? Right, it doesn't have to be. Uh, a fast narrative and mm-hmm. you know how poetic it can be and how you can you know lose yourself in it and right. um engage but with your own personality there's a lot of openness to yeah. it like you can bring your own stuff into yeah, it yeah. and uh see things and uh understand things in maybe in a different way to the, how the person next to you is yeah uh, experiencing the same thing at the same time right not everything's not explained yeah exactly yeah and uh yeah the the use of sound and image and it, it was very it was very different for me and i was you know and then you know like watching uh, right after that a uh, john cassavetes film which is very different stylistically yeah, but sure. For me, at the, in a weird way, it has a very similar effect, but it, through a different that. through a, through a different route. Um, yeah, it's more uh, it's more um, it's it's a a, a human driven space. Yeah, you know, like, I I mean the the few Tarkovsky movies I've seen, you know, it's a lot of cinematic space, but with Cassavetes, there's there's something heightened, but you know, it's very engaged with people. Yeah. But the the fact that it's so heightened also takes it to a different level, yeah, and you yeah, start. Yeah. And although it feels kind of more realistic, it it kind of transcends that, and yeah. then you enter a different space again. So. Yeah, and there's also that feeling like these people are talking, and the context seems familiar to me, but uh, I don't know what the fuck is happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what's going on with these people? Yeah, that's a good, and I, I think that's a good feeling, I guess. 
No, it's again. It's I, I, I enjoy you know watching films like that. I guess what I'm trying to do is you know create films like the ones that I'd like to see. Because I, you watch movies constantly. I I watch a lot of movies. I, I'm not like a, an obsessed like yeah. uh, film buff or anything, but I I do. I I kind of I tend to watch the same films over and over again. Like, like which I feel ones? safe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're familiar. They're like friends. Uh, yeah. yeah. So and uh, yeah, I'd rather watch something that I really like than what's you know. a, like. Which ones have you watched them uh, over and over? Like every time it's like like sometimes I'll just be watching TV or cable and one will come on. And I'm like I'm I'm in. I don't. It doesn't even matter where it starts. I just watched Casino again the other day. I don't yeah. even know why. Because like, I have. I've to. seen that like quite a few times. Isn't that great? Yeah, it's a great film. Can you watch uh, uh, how how like I found that as I get older I'm not able to watch the head and the vice scene as much as I <laughs> <laughs> Like I used to be able to You're watch You're more it. sensitive? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I was just sort of like, I don't know if I need this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I know what's going to happen here. The weird the weird thing with me is like um how much affected I can get by those kind of things being so much you know on the inside and seeing how these things are created even though you know how it works yeah you know how it works the the difficult thing is for me to be affected by these things yeah. and that's when i know that a film really grabbed me because i forget about the way it's made and, yeah you're you know, not the, sitting there going like oh i know how they yeah do i understand that shot i understand that exactly effect. when when you, you when you're able to do that and be someone that is actually making film, then yeah. that's like very strong. Right. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. So what are some other movies you watch on repeat? Um, like I watch some uh, Miklos Yangcho films every time before I have you. It's like a Hungarian filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, like the red and the white. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I haven't seen those. And the roundup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those are great. They're, they're pretty amazing. It's It's more about being inspired by people who made things you know, uh, that that kind of changed cinema in a way. And yeah. They're just going like, look at, look, you know, look what they did and like, sure. go on, do, yeah, yeah. do something. Like right, try, right. you know, like it try. Put, it gives you, pre it inspires you to to uh, to push the envelope. Yeah. Or Casavetti's films. I, I see Husbands all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. Or, or Woman Under the Influence. Oof, that that uh, movie's uh, crazy. Uh, I, I mean, like I've watched that a few times. And uh, you know, Gina Rollins is like, oh, she's so yeah, good. she's the best. Yeah, she's amazing. Because you, that's you, people say that about a lot of things. These she really best, is, but she's kind of the best. She's singular, yeah, that's for sure. And yeah. you, uh, you, you tend to use actors more than once too. Uh, you seem to lock into people. But what was the first? Um, what was the what commercials did you do? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I've done hundreds of commercials. Hundreds of Greek hundreds commercials? of Greek commercials. I started really low. I was doing... Like lawyers? Uh, uh, no, 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 even worse. Wait. Um, <laughs> like I started, which was, I was very lucky. I started really young. I started on the sec well, I, while I was in the second year uh, film school. So like I was 20 years old or something. Yeah. And I started doing commercials really cheap. And there were during that time there was a lot of uh, 
gifts with newspapers. Yeah. Like they would gift a coffee maker oh, with oh, a newspaper. So you would buy the newspaper. With the subscription, you with, get a coffee maker. Yeah, you okay. get a coffee maker. Yeah. And so I would do the, the commercial for the coffee maker and the newspaper. Yeah. Uh, so things like that. I started with things like that. And then, you know, I moved up the ladder and there was a lot of commercials for banks and, uh, you know, uh, mobile phone companies and uh, <laughs> networks. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there was a time, like uh, like I said, late 90s yeah. to 2000, up to 2009, where the crisis <laughs> hit Greece. Yeah. It was, it was insane. The, I would do like two, three commercials a week. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of work. I learned a lot, uh, uh, you know, technically speaking. Um, I made friends that we ended up making films together. Yeah. And they, they kind of enabled me to, because as I said, there was no structure, there's no financing in Greece to make films. They they kind of enabled me to go, you know, us five, we can, you know, get the camera and a couple of actors and go and make a film. And yeah. that's how I made my first film, Kineta, which you probably haven't seen. Is that a feature? It's a feature film, yeah. And, um, you know, we were very technically uh, proficient. and uh, You and your crew? Yeah, you, we didn't need any much. We, you know, we didn't need lights or makeup or anything. We You're just, shooting on video mostly? No, film. Always film? Yeah. Well, I did a couple of films uh, digitally, but I, I didn't enjoy the experience. Digital, so, yeah. Uh, so I went back to film. And you do you have experience with theater? I, I've made like three or four plays in Greece. That you've written? Uh, no, no. Directed? Uh, directed. Um, and uh, that was a good experience for me to, in order to learn how to work with actors. But did you like, did you have any specific training in that? No, it kind of uh, happened. Um, did you read a book? <laughs> I read, uh, uh, I read a play. The first time it was, uh, they offered me to do a play. Uh, there was a, a very interesting um, kind of exper it wasn't experimental theater really it was yeah. uh, just more avant-garde yeah. uh, theater in, in, in Athens um, and uh, the director of the theater uh, offered me to do a play and I went like I read the play it was by a Greek writer uh, and I liked it and I went like why not and I, I tried it and I enjoyed the I enjoyed the experience of working with the actors um, and I learned a lot yeah, um, the, and the great thing about theater in Greece is that you you have a lot of time. You you have you can have like two three months for rehearsals before you you stage yeah. the play, uh, which is not uh, common, right? Uh, from what I learned afterwards, um, so that I I learned a lot about working with actors and, and working with like I imagine lighting people and technicians and yeah yeah. But that I, I already knew a lot about that from commercials to you know, uh, uh, yeah, years of doing that. Uh, and then I I kind of did a play every you know two three years. Uh, but I, I in the end I was never really taken by the the final result of yeah. theater. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't I don't really like theater as much. No. Um but I, I enjoyed the process. What is it? That it, that the, 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 the temporary nature of it yeah, or yeah, it's very ephemeral and yeah, uh, yeah. you you can't really have a lot of control over it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it changes every night. Yeah. I guess that's the interest the interesting part for the actors or for someone who sees it more than once. 
but you feel kind of helpless. You're, you know, whenever I went to see the performance, right. like I was in a corner, go like, "What are you doing? That's not what we, you know, that was not how it's supposed to happen." You know, and uh, uh, couldn't couldn't manage it. Couldn't, yeah, couldn't control it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I kind of uh, gave up on that, and I focused more on, <laughs> on films. Well, because it makes sense. Like you know, some people that's the part they love about theater. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, I do understand. And, and other people, it's like, <laughs> what is happening? These damn actors. <laughs> so the first film, I wish I'd seen that one. So Dogtooth was the second one. Dogtooth was the second film, but everybody thinks it's the first one because the first one was very obscure was rarely do you have a copy of it i do have a copy i'll give it to you and i don't think you're you're gonna i i i love that bit that you do i don't have enough time i don't know how much time i don't know how time so i don't think it's a film that you're gonna spend time watching i'll take the time you know like i i really do i do take the time but sometimes i don't i'm not exactly sure like I, I, you know, I like I, I think that the the idea I was talking about last night is I get intimidated by things where where I think like does somebody have the is there a manual that will <laughs> enable me to understand like I I was looking through watching all the movies and then getting to the favorite which you didn't write right yep. which is a big difference you know to to try to find the the key to 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 what you're doing like it's it, what's really interesting is when you go like on IMDb and they they sort of give you the the line of what the movie is oh, about oh yeah yeah <laughs> and and it's just sort of like it's fucking hilarious <laughs> you know like you look at the one for dogtooth it's like overprotective parents don't let their you know like this one line to describe that movie or or with alps it's like a group of people uh, create a business to help people grieve by posing as, and that's the only, that's all you got. And I'm like, hey, that is not enough. That, but, but what was the first movie about? Um, I, the, guess, I guess that's a hard question, isn't it? It, it kind of is. I mean, uh, physically speaking, it was about three people living in a resort town outside of Athens that was dying. And it, it was portraits of these people and they were kind of reenacting crimes that happened in the air, in the area. Yeah, um, there was a cop and a maid in a hotel and a, uh, a photographer that were reenacting crimes, and it's a portrait of these three people. But also the the, the place is quite important as well. It's a it's an old resort uh, town outside uh, Athens uh, where they built an oil refinery next to it. Yeah, so it kind of started dying. You know, yeah. people had houses, summer yeah. houses and hotels, and they kind of they had no control over the oil factory yeah, refinery. So it kind of uh, became a little bit deserted. All those hotels, yeah. and those houses. So it's and that yeah. became fascinating to you. It became fascinating. I mean, I, I first you know wrote the story and I was imagining those people, and then I was looking for a place to do it, and I. I drove by this place and I saw this hotel that uh, it was a hotel from the 70s and it seemed kind of empty, you yeah. know, on the beach. Uh, and I went in uh, with my assistant director at the time. We were going around looking for places and we walk into an empty hotel and we're trying to find someone and there was no one there. It was open though? It was open. Yeah, no. it was open. Um, but there was no one there, no one at the reception. We started walking around, yeah. restaurant, no one there. Yeah. Uh, and at some point we see a guy and go like, oh, hi, we're, you know, we're looking for locations. Uh, we want to make a film. Uh, and, and we asked him, so, uh, when, when do you open and, you know, which are the busiest times <laughs> for you? <laughs> and he goes like, we're open and, uh, we're full. 
And we go like, uh, okay, maybe you didn't understand. Like, uh, no, no, I mean, like, when, when, when is the, the the hotel full and you have you know a lot yeah. of bookings and people yeah. going around? He says, right now we're completely full. There's no one there. And then we go like, we started, and there was no one there. And then we 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 just thought that he was crazy. But then after a lot of time, he explained to us that all the workers that work in the oil refinery, refinery that they, a lot of them are brought from Thailand, I okay, think, yeah. are actually actually live there. Oh. So they use these this old resort hotel right. with a swimming pool that was empty and um, dirty. Just, just to house uh, these... That, that. Just to house, you know, uh, workers from, from Thailand, I think. And so um, were you looking actually so you could figure out when you could shoot there? Yeah, so it was like it's yeah. it's an empty hotel. Why can't we shoot here? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we incorporated that in the film visually at some point. The Thai people, yeah, the Thai the workers there that come back from work, yeah, um, with vans and they you know just hang out there and. Okay, well, I guess my question though with that is, and I don't want you to misunderstand. I like your movie. <laughs> That's okay. Like, no, no, no. I'm serious. Like I, you know, I, I find them fascinating, and I, and I was moved by them. But like I have to, like you know, I get into the habit. Of watching straight narrative movies, yeah, you, you know, and like you know, I watched the Godard films, the Boonwell films. I, I, you know, I studied film history, and I and I like those movies. But you watch them a different way, yeah. And it, you, 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 be, but but your expectations are still there. So when you have a brain that's always like looking for morsels of narrative yeah. that will somehow, you, you know, then then you realize that part of what you're doing is is undercutting that, yeah. You know, and everything becomes earned in a different way, right? So, like, just as an example, when you talk about the conception of that first film, what's the title of it again? Kineta. So you have this, you have this scene where you have these three characters in this uh, deserted resort town reenacting crimes uh, that happened in the area. Now, that's something that that sort of reoccurs through at least two of your movies, where you have you know people reenacting things for one reason or another. I mean, certainly in Dogtooth and definitely in the Alps. So what, like, what, what is, what, what, what is the kernel of that idea? Why is that fascinating to you? Uh, that's an interesting question <laughs> that I've never thought about. Um, I, I don't know. I guess it's there's something about um, what draws us in all those uh, spectacles in yeah. general, like theater and yeah. like you know watching people uh, reenact you know, life in a, in a certain way or yeah. moments of it or situations and um, how you can um, play around with that to expose more things and maybe even uh, truer things about what goes on in those kind of interactions right. and um, right. events yeah. uh, by, you know, obsessing on a detail of something that happened maybe uh, or the, the the way you do things, or the way you say things. Um, right. I don't know. I'm I'm winging it right now. <laughs> no, Because no, I, I haven't really. I, I don't really like to talk about this. Yeah. Not not necessarily talk about, but think about it too much and intellectualize it and analyze it. No, no, I get I, that. It, it's a lot. A lot of it is instinctive. You know what sure, we do. Sure. Sure. Uh, but I but I think that 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 it was my experience because like I just realized that you know you do it in the lobster as well. I mean there's you know you, there's there's a, a improvised uh, and, and sort of a, a process of 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 uh, 
complex sign language and then there's you, you know but but i noticed that in all the movies that you have these emotional interactions and you realize that the dialogue is not matching uh the 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 moment and and that is obviously intentional but what you do get is you realize that how it, it kind of breaks down language itself in terms of like yeah. you know how important is it really and in, in, in even in our real life yeah. You know what? You know what's really being said, and it, does it have anything to do with what's going on in this moment? Yeah, I guess it depends in different sure. situations. Sometimes it matters. Sometimes it do- it doesn't. Yeah, and in that movie, so it, how was that received? In which one? The first movie. Uh, the first was received as a very, you know, uh, difficult, obscure. Uh, it wasn't released properly. It was only a few years released in the UK yeah. uh, on DVD. But, you know, it's it's been, you know, since the other films became a little bit yeah. uh, known, it's been shown around. Um, uh, they showed it at Tate modern at some point and uh oh yeah so that well that's so that, it's it's, it's uh, it has a new life that's <laughs> interesting that film. world right so that world like you know it's at the tape modern with the, that that new museum that is great yeah that space is great isn't it do you walk in there and just sort of like holy shit i can't i, I every time i go to london that's one of the and i don't go that often but i always go there yeah almost entirely for the building itself yeah isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's really, an incredible space. Yeah. But that's sort of the the world that you seem to be that you might uh, occupy a bit. Is that you, you know your your films will be shown at museums to <laughs> to you, that there is a sort of art to it that is not uh, uh, flash dance. That is yeah. not, it's not the. Oh, well, there's a little bit of flash dance in it. <laughs> Did you recognize in Dog Tooth the Flashdance reference? Was it where they? I don't know if I know that movie that well. Oh. Which 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 part? Uh, there was a dance that she does. Oh yeah, when yeah, she, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's completely ripped from Flashdance. Oh, when she's dancing by herself in front yeah, of her family. Yeah, that's uh, the choreography that in totality. Well, let me ask you then. So, without you know over intellectualizing and expecting too much, I know it's hard to explain uh, poetry or impulse, but you do commit to it. And I and I guess when, unlike theater, you know, which your experience is that you don't have control over it, and the, someone misses their cue or does the 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 line not in the way that you would rehearse, it, it's sort of uh, upsetting or at least it's <laughs> aggravating. But when you watch your films, which you spend a lot of time with in making them. Uh, do you find do, do you do you get that satisfaction of resolution? Do you do you, you know what is the effect for you once you've completed something? No, uh, no. <laughs> well, first of all, after I've completed completed them, I don't watch them anymore, yeah. uh, unless you know maybe ten years later. Like for instance, I did watch a little bit of my first film, Kineta, when it was shown at the uh, Tate. At the Tate, I just checked the print. Yeah. So I watched like ten minutes of it. Uh huh. And I went like, it's it's okay. There's some good things in it. It's you know, it's not that bad as I remembered it. Yeah. Um, you know, mostly it's like you know this thing that you've tried to, yeah. You know, uh, create and hide all the the stitches and all that went wrong, and you're trying to fool people into believing that you know it's a perfect object that they you know uh, well i guess my question is seeing how you answered that question before is that you know when you do a a film where you know you you know you're doing a three-act you know story right and you know you refine that script because you have a story to follow right uh i I imagine a lot of uh the 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 satisfaction or, or or a lot of the challenges you know is is does the story land right yeah so 
in 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 the way you answered that question before, it seems to me that you know you're taking risks uh, and you're committing to situations and ideas that you don't really know exactly where they're coming from, but they they are poetic and visually you know provocative enough for you to follow through with them i guess my question is when you finish something does some of that stuff do you feel like you've resolved it i mean is it a, is is the feeling one of of resolution because you're not really you're not thinking in terms of story necessarily you, do you know what i'm saying yeah it's never a complete feeling right. feeling that's the thing right it's like i have made this thing i had certain intentions i you know i started being confident when i we wrote a screenplay and i feel that's you know solid yeah. and you know let's go and make it yeah. and hopefully it's going to be amazing and then on the way you know things fall apart and you know you have to deal with a lot of practicalities and it becomes this other thing and it always it's always like that and that's a nice thing about cinema where you have a screenplay which is a blueprint and then you know you end up making something quite different because yeah. it's its own thing and it has a life of its own yeah so you have to accept that and i do yeah but there in within that there's all these other things you know that haven't worked well right right that you hopefully somehow disguise for other people that weren't <laughs> with you during the experience but what are they going to say to you it's like you know I, <laughs> I mean this is something that no one can say to you about any of the, the films that you wrote and directed is sort of like you know i i don't think that that story plot worked but it's not it's not about that i mean it's uh as as you said before it could be uh, you enter in it through a different right. you know sp yeah. space right. or uh, so to hold that space yeah. is is the job yeah hold that space you know and to affect people right. you know in a certain way right. and maybe if it if it doesn't hold together well you right. don't affect people in I, whatever way it is that you want to affect I, them I it's it. not about rigidly you know right. following certain rules yeah, about yeah. narrative or yeah, story yeah, or yeah. it's a it's a general feel a about tone. the film a tone. and you know if you manage that and right. you hope that people will you know uh, oh, buy into it and yeah. and uh but i i can't you know i can't be so um objective and and uh, and have the distance to you know uh, buy it myself yeah, sure um so it's always about you know uh, doing the best that you could for for each film yeah according to what you had in mind and what you were trying to achieve yeah uh and then just you know give it to people and then yeah. they, they have, have their, their own, own yeah uh reaction and then you just hope uh, how i survive is like even during the editing process i i think of um you know the new stuff yeah. and uh start writing and thinking of the new the ideas hoping that it's going to be better well yeah and that's and, and that to me like okay so with the first film we you, know, you have the resort and you have the crimes and you have the reenactions you know as a way to enter the the the, the people that you've chosen yeah. so with dogtooth you know what was the first idea with that What's, you know, just in terms of like, all right, I'm going to sit down. I got this idea. Yeah. The the idea was how much you can influence people's perception about the world through yeah. education uh, and um, uh, everyday life. Right. Uh, the world that you present to someone, it could be so extreme, the idea that someone could have about the world. Yeah. If you limit them and... Yeah. Uh, educate them in a certain way 
um, and how, uh, you know, a, a family is, the, you know, the obvious first unit that can actually do something like this. Yeah. Um, so it, I think it started from there. Like, yeah. imagine if you have these children that never know the rest of the world exists. Yeah. Uh, how you know what does that mean? How you know and how do how do you do that? And what does it mean? And what kind of people you know come out of that environment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, so it's it's a it's a very close family movie. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's so funny because the first time I ever heard about it uh, was years ago. I had uh, do you know his his name is Dino Stamatopoulos? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know his work? I've I've uh, I've read one of his screenplays. I've seen uh, the series that he done. Uh, Oren? Or, or Moral Oral? Moral Oral. Yeah, I yeah. really loved that. Yeah. yeah. I've spoken to him on the phone a couple of he times. He loves you. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's like lives a very uh uh interesting life. But he what did he say? Hold on. My eyes are <laughs> my eyes are terrible cuz we we tell, we he said I don't blame my parents. They're people, they're computers. They just do things like we all do. Their idea their idea of love was worry. Worry, 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 worry. Shelter, shelter, worry, worry, worry. Well, you know, where are you? What are you doing? You know, they were Greek. In fact, a great movie everyone should see is called Dogtooth. It's a Greek movie. It's up for an Academy Award this year, but worry is a huge part of the Greek culture. <laughs> is that a generalization? Um, I, you know, I understand being Greek. I understand, you know, what he means. There's a, um, a, a tight uh, hold yeah. uh, in, in, I don't know if it's Greek or Mediterranean, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, family? Uh, family and uh, how, you know, kids uh, end up maybe staying with their parents longer than than usual. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's that link, which is stronger. Oh, I see. Uh, it, it could be. But, you know, like with all things. But it wasn't the way you grew up. No, it was exactly the opposite. Yeah. Actually, so because gave, of circumstances. It gave you a little uh, more freedom in a way. Yeah, that, yeah that's true. And, uh, yeah, as I said in the beginning, like, I, I don't know if... You could easily make a decision like uh, in Greece, I'm going to become a filmmaker. <laughs> having you know parent, parents around you that you would actually say that, and they wouldn't go like, right? Let's lock him up. And <laughs> right, and, and within within Dogtooth, like that's the idea that you know how how much control do people have over people's perceptions? I, I have another guest on who actually made a movie with very with the same plot line, but it was a very kind of pithy you know cute movie that had a narrative structure was by the guy you know kyle mooney he's on snl he made a movie called bigsby bear oh yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, bigsby bear is essentially that idea where this kid was kidnapped yeah. and held hostage basically and uh, his father was creating a t- but it, like i watched both of them within a week of each other and i'm like <laughs> it's interesting that very different approaches yeah. to a similar idea but within that world, so you know, you're able to explore, you know, uh, you know, sexuality, power dynamics, in you, you know, over, you know, um, you know, violence, you, you know, strange fears. The cat thing was hard for me. I have cats; it was def- difficult. My girlfriend couldn't watch it. <laughs> but, but you know, isn't in- it strange this thing about people and animals in films? Um, yeah, how they are affected more uh, from violence on animals than violence on people well they, i think that a lot of people think that you know people have it coming that, <laughs> <laughs> that's true that animals are more innocent yeah. and uh yeah, pure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no like, i get that yeah i just watched a wild bunch again and, and it was like oh my god how many horses went down for that movie well you didn't really kill a cat did you no 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 of uh, course not <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm just saying in in fiction how people are affected uh, in fiction. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Because I think it must be the innocent. I remember thing. watching this. Have you watched this film Heli by this Mexican filmmaker? No, good. Amad Escalante. It's it's really good, but it's really violent. It's you know it's about what goes on in Mexico and there's people being yeah. uh, heads being chopped sure, off, people yeah. hanging from oh, bridges yeah. And, yeah. and all that. But there's a scene where a policeman picks up a little dog and breaks his neck. And that's, and that's when the cinema all went, oh. oh. Yeah, it is interesting. What do you make of it? Do you think it's the innocence thing? I you? think you're, yeah, you're onto something there. Yeah. Like, the yeah. So that movie, like Dogtooth, I, you know, again, like I, I, I found it completely compelling and, and a little bit uh, disturbing. When And you definitely honored the tone. And then you evolve into the, Al- the Alps movie, it's fun for me to do this. So what was the, what was the inspiration going into that film? What were you like? I got an idea. This is, we're going to make a movie about it. Uh, that's, um, well, first of all, I work very closely with Ephthemis Filippo that we write together. Yeah. And he's a very good friend of mine. What's his name? Ephthemis Filippo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we worked together very closely and, uh, Dogtooth was the first, the first film we wrote together. Yeah. And then after, and how'd you find this guy? You, in, in order to have like yeah, some sort of simpatico, some sort of you know, like it would seem to me that it would be not that easy to find a guy who's like we understand each yeah. other. No, he's very rare. But um, uh, I, I found him in a in a commercials agency. He was he <laughs> used to work. Uh, he he was a writer uh, for a commercials agency. Uh-huh. Uh, and I had done, you know, some, uh, I've directed some of the scripts that he hadn't written and I saw that he was a very specific mind and yeah. we, we, we became friendly and then I asked him if he wanted to write a screenplay with me and that was Dogtooth. And yeah. So it was the first time he'd ever written, you know, a film. Yeah. Uh, and we, we spent that, uh, we spent a lot of time writing that and figuring out. When you deal with that type of, I, I, do you, do you mind the word absurdism? I don't mind, you know, anything absolute is quite limiting, but uh, okay, well, no, I don't. I it's Well, when you're dealing with with beats like that, where you, you're just sort of like, you know, moving these actors through, the, it, it's obviously not random, but you're going scene for scene. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're working with somebody else, w- what what dictates whether it's whether you've you've landed on it or not, like in any particular scene, like even the scene where she does the flash dance after they all start dancing and then she keeps dancing and then she gets worn out. Do you look at each of those scenes as their own little arcs? Uh, yes, right. Uh, I do, and actually, Doctor was a very very particular process because yeah. we hadn't done it before together and. Uh, as I said, it was Ephthemis' first time writing a screenplay. And we actually started by, I had that, the idea and I came to him with the idea. And then we just started writing scenes, not even right. a whole story. Right. Um, so we just started writing scenes to see if this thing kind of made sense and how we'd, uh, we would approach it. Yeah. And from writing like nine, ten scenes. Yeah. Uh, I we we thought that this is there's something in there and this is working and so let's sit down and write the whole story, uh, and see how, where that's gonna go. And but after that, I think we approached it in a more um, conventional way where we had the idea and then 
we kind of wrote down for Alps uh, for Alps yeah. uh, we wrote down the story and the characters and then started writing scenes and that that was a discussion so after a dog to we started discussing what what should we do next it's you know we wanted to make more films well, it's, it's interesting because I just realized that that's sort of like a, a like the the way that again part of that theme of of people being not replaceable but people playing parts like in Dogtooth you know you have this woman who's the security guard at the factory where the father works and he would take her home to have sex with his teenage son and then uh you know that that somehow goes awry through a certain <laughs> series of events and they just decide the older sister can do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's safer <laughs> Keep it in the house. Yeah, keep it in there. There's no outside influence. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, I, I think it's important to have this conversation with you because, you know, people are, are really, you know, uh, digging and enjoying the favorite, and that's something you directed. But you, you do have this filmography of these very specific types of movies that I think people should see and, you know, kind of get their mind blown. So going into the Alps. So now you're working differently. You're not just writing pieces. You've got, you decided what was the original idea? So the original idea, I think we're discussing um, about grief and uh, Thymus was saying something about someone uh, uh, making phone calls pretending to be someone that was dead uh -huh. for someone in order to- On purpose. On purpose. Not a, no, um, I mean, not a prank call. No, like, no, not a prank call. Like someone would um, uh, commission someone to do oh, that for okay. him so that he kind of kept the memory of that person or the, the presence yeah, of that yeah. person alive. Through. Uh -huh. And then uh, I went like, you know, that it would be int more interesting if that was actually, there was a, a interaction and a physical contact and how about having these people that were going to, you know, actually do that and we just started creating this world um and i also i think at some point a friend of ours found a a letter in his house by a person who was looking to do some kind of work and in the letter he 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 wrote i can i can do your shopping i can uh, come and have conversations with you i can uh, you know yeah. be your friend we yeah. can go for for walks a companion so we yeah so that was also a kind of thing that you know uh, pointed towards you know people that are maybe lonely or are going through something that they may need to you know commission yeah. uh friendship uh right. to someone so oh you know those kind of ideas morphed into you know um this story about people that have lost someone and how do you deal with it and would it be interesting if you know, you hired people to pretend to be the the, the people that well, you loved, and right? And that's that's the that that's the 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 baseline of the movie. Yeah. But you know, you very quickly you, you realize, like not unlike your other movies, that that's not really <laughs> what this is about. <laughs> but it seems that in talking to you, that that the excitement of generating these ideas once you have this this framework, which is a loose framework to see what these characters will do, that, you know, the excitement of, of just letting letting your mind and imagination go in, in how these people interact and, and what happens. And I, I, it doesn't seem like why is is an important question at all. No, it's it's more about um, making an experiment and you know throwing all these people in this situation and see how they interact and 
um, you know, what comes out of it and making observations or exposing, ex you know, exposing to people. And then, um, again, people according to their own personalities and experiences and cultural backgrounds or whatever will make out different things. They'll recognize different things right. within those situations. Right. Uh, and uh, they might come up with yeah why or sure. what that 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 means to them well it's it, it, and even if they can't identify that yeah, yeah exactly. they, it's a feeling and and but you know it, it's very aggressive yeah. uh, many of much of it and and it's just like i mean do you get excited when you know you decide that uh, you know she's going to go back to the dance hall and <laughs> and aggressively dance with her father's uh, uh, a friend and then eventually <laughs> throw her on the floor and begin hitting her is that one of the, a moment where you're writing that and you're like oh this is good yeah we got it and even more exciting the fact that it's her real mother in it's real a, life it is the lady <laughs> <laughs> there's just a, but the, the fucked up thing and the beautiful thing about that movie is that you know it starts with this you know very oppressive gymnastic coach yeah. you know you're telling this gymnast who i guess the actress is your wife now yes yeah <laughs> That she can't dance to a modern pop song, she's not ready for it, and if she brings it up again, he's going to beat the shit out of her. <laughs> and then, like throughout this entire insane, you know, grief-ridden, weird movie, you bookend it with her, you know, being able to dance to a pop song, and, and they hug, and it's like for some reason the ending is completely earned. It was very satisfying. <laughs> you know? Sounds great the way you describe it. <laughs> it gets me excited. I want to make that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just want I just want people to know if they're sitting here listening, going like, "Well, that sounds interesting." A group of people that uh, you know that that help people who are grieving. It's like it's not about that. <laughs> yeah, it's a group of people that very early on name themselves after mountains and uh, have weird uh, interactions that sometimes become violent and nonsensical, <laughs> and uh, and it'll make you wonder about everything. And then like and then I like I said to you before, after exiting the movie in my own house. Everything becomes very, you know, like I'm very aware of the life I'm living, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to keep doing this. Now, Lobster seemed to me, you're like, I'm, I'm going to make something accessible. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make a movie that everyone can enjoy. Yeah. Do you feel that? That's exactly how we... <laughs> <laughs> we approached it. <laughs> no, but the difference is that it it was um that film is quite important because it was the first English language film that I I oh, made. Okay. So mm -hmm. after Alps I basically decided to leave uh Greece and yeah. go and live in London and start making English language films because you know the way I made those films in the beginning in Greece it was, you know, no financing just a bit amongst friends yeah. people work for no money no pay or very little and we had to pay for it you know th through making commercials and you know other people helped us as well but it was you know tiny small films yeah. you know if I wanted to progress and you know uh, make other things and be able to make more choices about the stories I wanted to tell and um, pay people properly and yeah. get paid as well and make this uh, for a living, mm -hmm. uh, I I had to start making English language films. It wasn't so it was accessible in a way. Yeah, so yeah. that was the part, <laughs> the part of it that said, I'm going to make English language films, so they're more accessible in a way, and uh, I'll get a little bit of more financing in order to be able to make them and attract um, uh, interesting actors. 
and I attract the have, interesting have, actors. We always had good actors. That woman yeah. is in the in both of the Alps and the um, and the uh, dog, dog tooth. tooth. She's yeah. very good. She's, is she yeah. a big actress in Greece? Uh she's you know known. I mean, she's more of a, a alternative kind of actor. Uh-huh. She's not like the well known TV actress. Right, or, right, right. Again, cinema is not very big in right. Greece. Um, she does theaters uh, like Devise Theater and yeah, because uh, I can see that there are moments in the film where you know you really let them loose a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it, that's the best thing if you let the actors loose. You make yeah. the right uh, choice about Enough the actors, casting, and yeah. then uh, you let them loose. So, uh, Lobster has a, f- a fairly you, you know straight setup. If you you know if you're single and you don't yeah. you know, get somebody you go to this place and then and if you got a certain amount of time and then if you don't get somebody you become an animal of your choice exactly yeah it's a the technology's not important it's just a room yeah. where you go into and <laughs> exactly and there are rumors about uh, how it, it's done yeah um, but it's sort of a dystopian vision yeah but it's a it's a it, it is a, a full vision like you, you do have a story there that you're honoring uh not unlike the other ones but maybe because it is in english that it seems a, a little more um accessible in the sense that like you are following a story yeah right yeah i i i don't see it much different in terms of i don't find it necessarily more narrative than the I other I, films i guess not i guess not yeah. but i guess if you're familiar with it is a, it is kind of a genre movie though yeah right well it flirts with genres yeah. right right uh, dystopian prison <laughs> prison drama a little bit <laughs> a prison drama but also just one of those ones where where it's like well this is clearly maybe a future yeah. Of some kind, yeah, yeah science de- fiction, prison, yeah, drama, yeah, and a romantic comedy, yeah, but de- definitely a romantic <laughs> comedy. It's a, it's, it's very, uh, it's very cute, yeah. <laughs> and why, why, uh, it, well, Rachel Weiss, Weiss, uh, Weiss yeah. she's a great actress, and Colin Farrell is in two of your movies. So you know, you do make somewhat of a commitment to, to certainly him as an actor in, in driving two of your films. What are the qualities in him that that make him uh, compelling for you? As as a director and him as an actor, well, I I, I always liked Colin and uh, in Bruce, I think is is one of the great performances I've seen on film, and I thought he he has a very special quality. Um, he, you know, he's he's charming and funny, and he, uh, you can really um, he's sympathetic no matter what he does. Yeah, um, and you really shut him down in the lobster. Yeah, you, you got him pudgy, and you got him <laughs> yeah. kind of uh, a, a bit uh, muted. But he's still very charming. He is. And, he is. Um, yeah. And I uh, and I, I I met I met him. I we 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 spoke through Skype the first yeah. time. And uh, w- when I'm looking for an actor and trying to decide, I you know I try to watch a lot of stuff, not just necessarily the work, but. Also, you know, interviews or whatever I can find of yeah. there so I can see how they are. I mean, it's not like it, it's how they are yeah. as real people, even in interviews, but um, you get a different sense from when someone is acting. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I just thought that he had an excellent sense of humor and, you know, there was, there's, there's all these qualities about him that I just felt were right. Yeah. Um, and I think that movie also, in, in terms of like, you know, maintaining my argument of accessibility, is that you know through whatever surreal or 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 seemingly uh, absurd interactions, almost all throughout that movie, they do speak to relationship. 
Yeah, I think I think one of the things is that that we're relationships are a very big part of our yeah. life. Yeah, uh, and that maybe speaks to more people than yeah. something. Why else. do people belong together? Yeah, yeah. Why are we with each other? And uh, you know, it's about love and all these kind of things that are really um, concern us a lot of the time. Yeah, and and uh, animals too. Like yeah, you know, animals. I, it Again. was always nice out in the woods where you just see a llama or something walk by. There was a couple of exotic animals. Yeah, a camel. Kind of, yeah, a camel. But and now I'm just starting to realize that, like the rabbits that he was killing for her to eat, they were once people probably. Maybe. <laughs> or do Who knows? Rabbits, or do rabbits get a pass? There's a lot of rabbits in uh, the, the new movie, too. Yeah. All I right, never so thought of that. <laughs> you didn't? No. I yeah, I, I noticed that when I was watching The Lobster again. I watched it a second time, and uh, I was like, he's got something for rabbits, this guy. <laughs> this guy's a... <laughs> was it, did you add the rabbits to the uh, to the favorite? Um. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, we were like looking for something to represent, you know, uh, the, the children, the children. Uh, mm-hmm. But we wasn't grim and like you know, little, rabbits always go seventeen on. little graves. And, yeah, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, rabbits are always good for yeah. Oh, you yeah, never, they're very cute. No one's ever gonna say fuck that rabbit. Yeah, yeah, except for Emma Stone's character. But uh, all right, so then we go the killing of the sacred deer, which I watched the first time a week or so ago. That's another movie where I noticed. That's when I noticed that that the thing that, that you do th- that you know supports what you're saying about tone is that you're very you know, meticulous. That you, the the amount of that movie that was shot in a hospital and then in a town that didn't have a lot of activity, you know, were clear choices that that really kind of made the tone even more impactful. Like you, you're, you're kind of tight with that, you, right? You, 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 yeah. you, you were, you were like, this hospital's got to look a certain way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I wanted all, uh, one of the main things about the hospital was that I wanted to feel that it was a hospital where they knew what they were doing. <laughs> okay. That, that, because there's that, that part of the plot where, you know, they can't figure out what's wrong with the kids. And yeah. Why? Oh, right. So you need to get the, they had to be the high level. So if it was like a, you know, shitty hospital that you could very easily dismiss the whole thing. Like they don't, you know, they don't know what they're doing. Why does, doesn't he go to a proper hospital yeah, yeah. Or, or something like that? And give some possibility to him as a character and he's successful and all that. So it had to look a certain way. It had to be a kind of state of the art hospital. And that story is a, another, it's almost a genre film in that it's like, uh, you know, one of those weird mystical kind of uh, fantasy I don't know what you would call it but you know the the sort of like uh, the weird kid with the secret power movies yeah. horror like <laughs> horror that's right okay yeah. I, I feel that that movie even more so than the lobster uh, had more of a narrative through line yeah. and I'm not and I don't want you to take that as an insult I think it's okay <laughs> to do it's that. okay to have a more narrative yeah, it's nice yeah. it's okay to have a story yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm fine with it too <laughs> Uh, that's why we're trying to do all of we know all of our films have a story. Uh-huh. But that one was like, you know, once you like, cause like the, the thing that I think a lot of your movies do is that because your brain is looking for reason or logic or, or explanation that, you know, you make assumptions. Yeah. And, and I think that, you, you know, throughout all of your movies, like the, you realize that the assumptions don't matter as much as, you know, something that you're not quite conscious of happening to you. 
Uh, you know what I mean? You're sort of like, yeah. well, who is this fucking kid? What's with the watch? Why is he at the hospital? <laughs> is this some weird, uh, you know, pedophilia relationship? What is happening? And you don't even let us know what the kid is until like a half an hour in. And then you're like, oh, this just took a turn for the fucking weird. <laughs> and then it becomes, uh, you know, about, you know, choices and decisions and mistakes that we make. And, and, and you know, what, what, what is the price of that? Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's an allegory. It's is funny that, that you said you don't understand many things about my films, but you you really explain them so well, and even You're much me, better than I could. You want me to go with you on the rest yeah, of the tour? That would be great. I'll, I'll take go, this question. Like Mark will take this question. He, he's <laughs> he's put a lot of thought yeah. into it. I have not. Yeah, I have not. I just I just you know spit them out there, and then Mark can talk to you about uh, them. Well, you know, I, I I try, I try. I feel better now. Uh, about uh, about my experience with the movies because <laughs> like you know there, there was um because i think that's the right way to be and i don't think you're doing it on purpose i think you're being honest about it but the fact that you know you are making the thing and you know you just follow through on these ideas and and i'm going to have my own experience if i was sitting here telling you my experience and you're like oh boy you missed it <laughs> yeah <You're, laughs> that would be that would be bad bad, bad yeah. for me yeah. so killing the sacred deer are you happy with that one I yeah. uh, haven't seen it for a while after yeah. I finished it. I guess, you know, we achieved certain things. We failed in others. Yeah. You know, it's it's not for me to say. I mean, right. Okay. Again, I understand Again, that. you know. I we, do understand the not watching what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause do like, you yeah. watch? No. You and I no. like I have these conversations. I don't listen to them again. Yeah. My producer, we, he remembers everything because he spends another hour or two with these, three hours. You know, do you edit? No, or? he does. Okay. Like he's got this amazing memory. Like he pulled up that Dino quote. I wouldn't, uh, you know, like I, uh, you know, like I have the conversation. I'm engaged in it, and then when I walk away from it, you know, I'll remember some things. But after time, it's like uh, yeah. I, you've I, done many of those as well. Yeah. So the new movie, uh, which people like, the the favorite <laughs> is like this is the first time you directed someone else's film. Yeah, but it in the end it wasn't very different because I spent like eight years developing the script. Oh my god, who wrote who wrote the original? So script? there was an original script by Deborah Davis. Yeah, um, I, and then um, I worked on it, on it a little bit with her and restructured the story. Uh, uh, but then I I felt the need to bring on someone different to bring in a different tone, your and guy? different approach. Tony McNamara. Oh, no, not... it's it's a. I it was the first time that I worked with him. He's an Australian writer, playwright, and screenwriter. And so what? What? Why that decision? Like what? What? What was the? Was the original script more of a, a historical piece? Yeah, about it, it a, a thing. Yeah, it was a more about... straightforward historical piece about Queen uh, her story. Queen Anne is that Queen her name? Anne? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what? What period was that? What year? It was uh, early 1700s, mm -hmm. 18th century. So it was a, it was originally a historical drama that was uh, uh, telling the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I had a very different idea about you know uh, what I wanted this to be and the tone. Uh, what sparked that idea? Like what was it? What, what when you looked at the original script? What were you like? I want this to be this. Uh, again, it, it's it's not you know uh, imminent like yeah. that. It's, yeah. it's 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 more about I I'm interested in the story. This you know is interesting about the women. You know, there's these three women. It was interesting that they actually existed, and at some point in time, you know, these women that had such power that I could affect the lives of so many other people, and 
Uh, also, you know, personally, her story, Anne's story is, you know, quite sad. She went through a lot. And so it was an it was an interesting story. And the fact that, you know, these people um, and their lives, you know, affected so many other people, it just felt like a rich thing yeah. to explore. Uh, but I, I didn't want to make, you know, another historical drama. And yeah. I, I was trying to figure out, you know, what would be the, the tone that would m- make it something different, that it would, would make it feel more relevant to us, more contemporary. Uh-huh. Um, so I, yeah, I started thinking that, first of all, it should be, you know, funny and um, yeah. uh, be- because it is dark anyway. It's quite a dark story yeah her it's a a very tragic figure she was she she lost 17 children and she was ill with uh yeah throughout her whole life almost i mean she was since she was very young um and she was you know put in a position that she couldn't really cope with and yeah handle and um and it's a very responsible uh position to have yeah um so you know but i i wanted to bring in the comedy in a very specific tonality and uh, also visually and aesthetically to make it feel more contemporary. So I, I started making all these decisions along the line. It wasn't like one moment where we're like, this right. is how this is going right. to be. But starting from the screenplay, I, I was, you know, I read like hundreds of uh, writers to find what I had in my mind. Uh, and I came across uh, Tony's stuff and I was, I felt very confident. And then, you know, we started working together and it was, very easy um, because we had, you know, we we were thinking of uh, about the film in the same way, and he had the voice that I was looking for. It wasn't like you're trying to make someone write in a certain way, yeah. Uh, and much like how I found Ephthemis, and we, you know, we matched and we we you understood mean, so, each other, and right. So he he was able to honor some of your ideas for what yeah. you wanted to do through the language, exactly uh, uh, the language. Being that you 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 took some liberties in in terms of you know more contemporary um, idioms, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, but it, it's weird. It it seemed to fit pretty well because I've seen that done in other movies where it's sort of uh you, you know it's too upfront. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's some moments with the dancing and then some of the the, the uh, things they say where you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it must have been quite. Um, a labor to to really get that period because you really shoot the hell out of it. I mean, you know, you really kind of um, bathe in it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, uh, and, and you must have used a lot. Of, I, I think I read somewhere that you used a lot of point of references in terms of like what you were watching to to get the the long shots that you wanted and and how you you shoot that era uh, and in that way. And you looked at some other movies, right? Yeah, more like non-period films. Yeah. Uh, just to, again, to get our minds, you know, excited yeah. and by, you know, incredible people that have done amazing things. Uh, so we're watching, you know, Zulavsky films and... Uh, Amadeus, I read you. Amadeus, read. yeah, that's true. But because that, because of the tone, because yeah. it was a, you know, it was a funny film. I, yeah. I really like that film. Uh, it's great. And... Um, um, all about Eve, obviously, is uh, you know is quite a a reference for for the film or the servant. Joseph yeah. Lowe's is the servant. That's a rough movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Joseph Wozniak. I don't hear that word, uh, that name being kicked around a lot, but that was some important yeah, not film. Lately, yeah. British filmmaker, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Peter Greenaway's The Draftsman's Contract yeah. or Ingman Bergman, Bergman's uh, Cries and Whispers, you know, with the three women in a house. And yeah. We watched more more contemporary films. I mean, filmically sure. speaking, because you wanted to. You, you your vision was it, it, it had something to do with the the type of shots you wanted. Um. Yes. Just the the general feel. Yeah. That um to get that weird grit in all that costume. Yeah. It, for me, it was the architecture was important. Yeah. Um. Like these huge spaces that yeah. were inhabited by so few people. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. the small yes. human figure within that huge space. You do, when you visit those places, you're like, this was just one guy's room? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there was this bed in the corner of this huge room. Yeah, yeah. And a huge bed, but it looked very so, small <laughs> yeah. within that huge room. And uh, um, so that was quite important for me. And so uh, in trying to find a way to film this and we ended up using quite, you know, extreme wide angle lenses to, to enhance that kind of feel like the loneliness of a person within such a room. But also, you know, in the end, I realized that it is also very relevant to the theme of the film. Like, you know, these few people affecting a much bigger world, yeah. and a much bigger picture. And it also makes it feel quite claustrophobic in a way because, you know, you see the end of things. You see the walls surrounding Right, everybody. and the fact that she was so um, uh, feeble from disease and, yeah. and, and in, in lack of uh, competence that yeah. uh, it was isolating. You know, she, she felt very isolated. And, yeah. that, you know, the difference between, you know, what was going on in the interior of the castle and even when anybody would just get on a horse and go anywhere, you'd be like, oh, my God. They got out for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but that amazing British actress. What's her name? The lead uh, Olivia Coleman. She was in also in uh, the Lobster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she just is amazing. She is. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, what was your experience directing her? How did you push her out there? Well, I didn't have to do much. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's just incredible. Again, I, it's just making the right choice, and especially with Olivia, we, we one of the reasons that it took so long to make this film is that yeah. I had to wait, you know, for the right moment that the whole cast um, kind of fell uh, together at the same time, uh, and I, I waited for Olivia because I couldn't think of anyone else that could play this character. Yeah. I you know I, I just think she's unique and amazing um and you again you just have to give them the space and yeah. just navigate them and you know get various options of things in order to be able to refine later on in the edit you know the performance yeah. and where the story is going and when you discover what the film is and emma stone was great she's yeah she's great too yeah did you know she was gonna be so great I, I I knew it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have to say, um, I I knew it. I was very confident uh, about her, and she's she also really wanted to do this. I mean, she really loved the script and was very excited, and is eager to do different. She's eager to do different things, and um, you know, the only thing, my only thing was about the accent. Yeah. Uh, so we we did. Uh, before making you know the final decision, her and me that we're going to make this together, we, yeah. she she had some uh, a, vo a voice coach? Uh, dialect coach, yeah, uh, and she did some um, sessions with her, and then we did 
some rehearsals um and she was brilliant and so we made sure that you know we wouldn't have that problem and we would be able to do whatever we wanted yeah. and um yeah no she's she's amazing and she's you know she's going to do great things i think she's, there's a lot in her still it seems like it yeah. that we haven't seen yeah. yet uh, I I liked her when she did Billie Jean King. She was great. Yeah, and yeah, no, she's yeah, and Rachel Weiss again, great. Yeah, yeah. Good, you you like working with her? Yeah, she can do anything too. Yeah, she can. Yeah, she's she's quite something. I mean, all three of them. I was very like. I mean, it was like a dream, you know. Yeah. Cast and it's interesting. Like, I, I guess one of the reasons it's resonating so deeply is it is a movie about women and about the power struggle between these women and how women treat each other in a certain way in the yeah. 1700s in a castle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so some of that was historically accurate, a lot yeah. of it, but not all of it. The the basic stories, yeah, quite accurate. Was the, the sexual dynamics accurate? Well, we don't have proof uh, right. of anything but there's a there's a lot of letters between them and okay. it's it seems Feels that there was that yeah, you know, yeah there was that kind of and how how did the original screenwriter feel about the final project well i mean she's she loves it oh, she good. says <laughs> <laughs> yeah um because i think a lot of it is true to the 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 core of it yeah and it's just you know the the approach and the tone that is quite different and uh brings brings that whole story into now and makes it relevant in a certain way and i think you know she appreciates that and understands that and great um yeah and have you watched that one again no i last time was uh, uh in venice when we premiered and, and uh, how'd you feel about it Oh, I was uh, nauseous the whole time. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. You can't see a film probably within those conditions. I mean, you're sweating and you're nauseous. People loved like, it though. Didn't it win the prize? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, doesn't doesn't make a difference <laughs> while you're watching it, especially. So what? Uh, so what now? You're going to run around and promote this movie and maybe win a, a statue or two, and um, then. Uh, yeah. But you're already working on the next one. I've I've started working on you know a few films, but uh, it's hard to concentrate right now with the promotion, all this that's going on, that's going on into the new things. But I'm looking forward to, you know, focus on the creative stuff again. But yeah, yeah I have like three or four screenplays that I've uh, started, uh, and they kind of piled up because I made the Killing of a Sacred Deer and the Favorite kind of back to back. Yeah, so I didn't have much time to f focus on the and. Development. Well, you you'll have time. You're a young man. <laughs> yeah. And and what? Not uh, anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm still pretty young. <laughs> but like, I forgot to ask you about this because uh, everyone seems to be talking about the lack of uh, of lighting, the the use of natural light, the Barry Lindening yeah. of the uh, of the movie. Yeah. And, and that was mostly true. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, it's true for all of my films. I I don't particularly like artificial lighting and. Uh, I, I also like the result, but also the way of working without a lot of equipment and just have a camera, it's crazy. natural light, and just have the actors and be able to and free to just change things around. Boy, the unions must hate you. No, I mean, <laughs> the, the lights are out there. We just don't use them. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best union job in the world is one of your movies. Yeah, exactly. You guys just sit down. Take it easy. Yeah. So, but it, it, 
with the equipment that's available today, it must be a little less challenging than what Kubrick was dealing with uh, in terms yeah, of- Yeah, I mean, he had to use the, the special NASA lenses, the yeah. NASA lenses. I mean, we have faster, not faster than those actually, but fast lenses and you know you can push film quite a bit. So it's not as challenging, but those big spaces, sometimes it was like trying to uh, light those huge spaces just with candles. Yeah. We needed a lot of candles. And that's and what you did? Yeah, that's what we did. And there's- there's only a couple of scenes where we had to, you know, supplement the light because, you know, of the height of the ceilings or outside where there was, you know, nothing. So yeah. it was night with nothing and we had to light uh, a light. But it was uh, only a couple of times. It was great talking to you. Do you think we covered it? I mean, some of it, yeah. <laughs> what are you hiding? <laughs> <laughs> no, you seem to know everything beforehand. <laughs> What do you mean? I don't. I didn't know anything. I just watched the movies. Yeah, and you went like, I don't understand anything, and then you analyzed everything and yeah. perfectly and uh, great. <laughs> Come on, yeah, but you didn't. It wasn't. Uh, but you would have said that if, no matter what I said. No, that's not true. Okay. Oh, yeah, that it was my experience was. Yeah, my because experience. there's no wrong or, or right. Right. But so that's a that's a pretty good place to be. But you you described the f- films in detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, which is they're hard to spoil, which yeah. is a benefit of the way you work. You know, yeah. I'm not I'm not giving anything away <laughs> with any of them, except for the, like you could though, you could though, you could with the sacred deer. Yeah. I guess you could with mo- a lot of them actually, but not the first two. Like, there's no way you can, like, you know, I could talk about Dogtooth or Alps, and people would be like, "No, oh, you fucked that movie yeah, up for so me." Can't watch it now. Yeah. No, yeah. no, I think you did a great job. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I, good luck at the Globes. Thanks. If that's important to you, either way. It, I mean, it's important for the film and uh, yeah. and your next film. All right, great talking to you, man. Thank you. All right, there you go. The favorite, obviously. Go see it if you haven't. It's a great film. Watch all of them. Watch Dogtooth first. Now I'm going to have some fun on my guitar. I've, I've, I've really settled into this Telecaster sound through the Echoplex through the old Fender amp. I'm just going to do things I've done before a little differently.